Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He tended to play a little too much hero ball. It's a no-brainer selection for Jacksonville. I believe he is a true leader in every sense of the word. I just fear for your fan base that that's what's going to happen. You are listening to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Day 5 of the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey, as we take you through the first round of the NFL Draft and beyond. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you once again. We're counting down to the end of round one on our Ultimate Mock Draft with the input of over 70 experts from our Locked On NFL and college channels, our Locked On NFL Draft shows, and of course our incredible lineup of Odyssey NFL insiders, former players, Hall of Famers, reporters doing fantastic work breaking down all of these selections through round one and even those teams who are not selecting in round one. And remember, when the NFL Draft rolls around on April 29th, we've got you covered with a live draft show with the Draft Network, which you can watch on the Locked On NFL YouTube page and listen live on the Odyssey app. We had our first trade yesterday, Matt, the Dallas Cowboys moving up to make their second selection to nab one of those pass rushers. There's still a couple more, and I would expect one or two more edge rushers to come off the board here, maybe some offensive playmakers, a lot of defensive playmakers still out there, and some of these teams have a lot fewer needs than the teams at the top of the draft. The playoff teams, the teams with double-digit wins, I mean, I know the Jets are on the clock right now, but uh, they're the second team with a second first-round pick. Um, I kept mentioning Tevin Jenkins and Jalen Phillips yesterday. I, I think those two could go very early. Um, we haven't seen a defensive tackle or a safety fall. I, I would expect Barmore or Moring to have a chance to be first-round picks as well. Uh, some of these teams could use corners, but the first four are gone, so that makes it a little tough. It might be a bit of a reach. And, you know, there's a lot. I mean, you mentioned the linebackers. They stand out to me. I mean, Micah Parsons is really the only true linebacker to go so far in what I think is a really good off-the-ball linebacker class. We will get selections from your Pittsburgh Steelers today, Matt, who are hanging out at pick 24 right after the Jets, who are currently on the clock. Jacksonville, Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans, all slated to pick here on day five of the ultimate mock draft. But right now it is the New York Jets, who have already selected once. They have the second pick in this draft, going with the quarterback of the future, Zach Wilson. John Butchko, the host of Locked On Jets, is ready to go. What direction do you see the Jets going? If I know Robert Sala, former 49ers defensive coordinator, he is going to be all over Joe Douglas to draft a pass rusher. It's all about the defensive line and creating pressure for Robert Sala's defense. He wants an edge rusher. Jalen Phillips, I think, would be a fantastic fit here they could use some cover guys uh still a lot of work to do on this roster although i think both you and i matt agree that joe douglas does have this roster going in the right direction yeah 100 agree and i i bet sal is jumping up and down right now saying give me jalen phillips or even rousseau if they prefer him I, I like phillips better give me that front four that i can really attack with but i also think joe douglas is sitting there going I wouldn't mind putting tevin jenkins as my bookend to makai beckton and just mashing people <laughs> I keep bringing up Jenkins. I yeah. think he's a real value here. So they may have their first butting of heads here in New York and in, in the personnel department. Yeah, Devin Jenkins, clearly one of Matt Williamson's favorites. And if you want to move people around up front, he would be a fantastic fit 
and the pick is in. Let's get this going on day five with pick 23, John Butchko with the selection at 23 in the Ultimate Mock Draft. This is John from Locked On Jets, and with the 23rd selection, the New York Jets picked Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver from LSU. Now, in an ideal world, this pick would either be a cornerback or an interior offensive lineman because those are probably the two biggest weaknesses on the Jets roster right now. However, I don't think the board really matched up value-wise the way things fell with either of those positions. So instead, what we're going to do is give Zach Wilson, who we drafted second overall, another pass-catching target. The Jets have drafted plenty of quarterbacks high over the last 15 years, and they've all failed in part because they have failed to surround these quarterbacks with quality targets to throw the ball to. Marshall has a lot of upside. He's got experience playing both inside and in the slot. I think he's a very good fit for offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur's system. And with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims already on the team and Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole as the third and fourth options, Marshall could earn playing time, but there's no rush to get him on the field. He would have a year to develop if he needed it. And then by this time next year, a trio of Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, and Marshall could be one of the better receiving trios in the NFL. The second LSU wide receiver selected in day one of this mock draft, Terrace Marshall now gone to the New York Jets, one of the few height, weight, speed monsters in this class. And there's so many slot type receivers available this year. Marshall's the only guy that runs that 4-4 flat and is over 6-2, can get down the field. He can also make some plays after the catch and sort of the forgotten guy in that dynamic LSU offense. Yeah, didn't really see this one coming, but your rookie quarterback needs, it's not like they're loaded with weapons, even at adding Corey Davis. He kind of has some familiarity or some similarities to Denzel Mims as the tall outside the numbers guy, uh, probably a little more well-rounded. I understand it. I, I probably would have fortified one of the two lines, though. Maybe right under their noses yesterday, it was pick 22 with Tyler Rowland of the Titans stealing Greg Newsom from him because I could have absolutely yeah. seen them go that direction, but then it's hard to find a corner now to fit at pick 23 if you're the Jets. They're not hurting for needs. Let's just put it that way. Yes, that is well put. Jason Locke and Fora on Terrace Marshall's fit with the New York Jets. Terrace Marshall Jr. has the potential to be an immediate impact player in the NFL from day one. He is super versatile. He is big at 6'4". He can run, and he was an explosive talent in college. He has the makeup physically and mentally that teams covet. He comes from great bloodlines. As long as he stays healthy, remains sure-handed, works hard to build up a rapport with Zach Wilson, which will only come naturally to him. He's excelled in a pro-style offense. He is, based on all the scouts I talked to, the fourth receiver to come off the board in this draft after the big three go, all possibly in the top 10. I think the Jets would very much be looking for him here at 23 if he were still available. If he's not taken here, trust me, I don't see him getting past 27 at the latest. This is a very intriguing prospect. Well, I'd temper expectations in the short term about the combination of Wilson and Marshall. The Jets aren't ready to win right now, no matter what they do in the rest of this draft. They need to build a better offensive line. They need to understand there's going to be a learning curve with this quarterback who's a little raw and it with this wide receiver who was stuck behind some quality <laughs> receivers himself there at LSU um, and has had to earn it gradually over time. But Marshall is a legitimate size-speed guy. He has one of the best wingspans and catch radiuses at this position. He can high point the ball. He can go up into traffic and make plays. Him, combined with Jamison Crowder in the slot, I think at least gives Wilson a chance uh, to make some easy throws and pick up some chunk yards with some jump balls. But I still wonder about the tight end position. Is that something they address? Chris Herndon really was a non-factor last year. The more they can provide to Wilson, the better. But again, this is going to take some time. Going back to our good buddy Matt Moscona of Locked On LSU, who's been busy the last few years of this, breaking down LSU prospects. Terrence Marshall, wide receiver, LSU Tigers. This is Matt Moscona from Locked On LSU. 
How is it possible for a former five-star wide receiver at 6'3", 205, ran a 4-3-8-40 and had double-digit touchdown receptions to be overshadowed? Easy. You play behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. That is the lot for Terrace Marshall, who is a dominant wide receiver at LSU. Can play both inside and out. We just didn't talk much about him because the guys ahead of him were that special. But so is Marshall. And as a late first-round pick, he could be a steal. For those of you who don't know, my esteemed co-host, Matt Williamson, covers the Pittsburgh Steelers on the daily, lives in Pittsburgh. You know this team better than anybody, Matt. Chris Carter does a fantastic job as the host of Locked On Steelers. What advice would you have for him with this selection at pick 24? Chris is a friend, and he does a great job, and I've had a, several beverages with him at the training camp and whatnot, so we know each other pretty well. I'm sure he'll handle it well. Um, I would think... You know, Najee Harris falling doesn't make anyone in the Steel Town happy. Tevin Jenkins sure looks like a Steeler to me. They have a center need that's probably a little early. But I think it's intriguing to think about Zayvon Collins, Jamin Davis, or JOK next to next to Bush. You know, especially Zayvon Collins with the height difference between him and Bush. Really get really complete that defense. So a couple directions they could go. Let's see what direction Chris Carter goes. He's ready to go with the selection at pick 24, the ultimate mock draft. Chris Carter, host of Locked On Steelers. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. And with the 24th selection of the NFL draft, the Pittsburgh Steelers select running back Travis Etienne of Clemson. Now, ATN is a top running back in this class. I have him ranked second behind Najee Harris, but Najee Harris was selected 18th overall by the Miami Dolphins in this mock draft, which is why I had to go with ATN. Yes, the Steelers could use a center or an offensive tackle or an off-ball linebacker, and I did consider Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa of Notre Dame as a linebacker option, but... ATN's ability as a home run hitter style running back who could contribute immediately on day one to the Steelers is something I could not overlook. This Steelers team needs balance on offense. They ranked dead last in the run running game last year. That needs to change. And one thing that they can do right away is add an electric running back who changes up the game and makes players miss all over the field. Travis ATN would come in and immediately start for the Steelers and give Matt Canada, the Steelers new offensive coordinator, something to work with that he likes a lot faster running backs okay adding a little bit of juice to the Steelers offense and Travis Etienne here at pick number 24 I know Matt previously we've talked about this pick and you thought Najee Harris would be a really nice fit for the Steelers offense how about the dynamic player like Etienne out of Clemson they haven't had a big play back in a long time I mean we're going back to Willie Parker and that's not really the mold I mean they're more of the Jerome Bettis type than the Willie Parker types but I get it. I mean, ATN's a very accomplished receiver now. Um, with Matt Canada taking over as offensive coordinator, you're going to see a lot of jet motion and orbit motion and sweeps and things like that. ATN could be a different style and really be a, a nice fit for the new offense. He was heavy at his pro day, 210-ish, I think. I'm not sure that he's an extreme workload guy, but I think he could probably handle two-thirds of the touches or so. Yeah, actually, he's a little bit bigger than I expected, and mm -hmm. he can fly. So, yeah, fast Willie Parker. Haven't thought about that guy in a while, and he was dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Go back to those days in that Steelers offense. Add a little something. They need a little something. So I actually like this pick if you're going to go with a running back, maybe even more so than Najee Harris. But you know how I feel about running backs too early. I just think there's more wins to be gained at positions that aren't running back. We'll find out how Jeff Hawthorne, our Odyssey expert covering the Steelers here, feels about the Travis ATN selection to the Steelers at pick 24. Clemson running back Travis Etienne put up some crazy numbers in college. In some circles, it was thought that he dropped off or teams had the book on him. Etienne rushed for 914 yards and 14 touchdowns as a senior, but oh, he's washed up. Not only did he play in fewer games, but Etienne became more of a pass catcher, grabbing 48 for 588 yards last season. Granted, smaller than most NFL backs at 5'10", ETN nonetheless rushed for 4,952 yards in his career, over 6,100 total with 78 touchdowns. If you want to sleep on him, team slept on the Eagles' Miles Sanders, falling to the 53rd pick. Would you take 2,400 yards and 12 touchdowns over two years? How about every team that slept on Alvin Kamara, 67th overall? They have the same size, comparable footwork and bursts, 
ETN did nothing but star from his first practice at Clemson. He's the new NFL back. Speed, quicks, can catch a pass. His best is being Sanders or Kamara. Steelers needed a running back, but running back is a second-round pick now. They have short lives. You can find many good ones after the first, like J.K. Dobbins, who the Steelers passed on last year. Steelers had an opportunity to get a decade-long offensive lineman. They lost their 10-year center in Marquise Pouncey. Soon will lose another first-round pick, David DeCastro, in his ninth year with the Steelers. Why not go after offensive line? You had the worst running game in the NFL. That's not all on James Conner. They had to design an offense for Ben Roethlisberger to throw before he could drop seven steps to make sure he stayed upright. Offensive line was the pick. If you bring Ben back, you're playing to win now. They needed help to extend his career. It was time for him to make a new friend on the offensive line. Candace Cooper breaking down the ACC on the Locked On Podcast Network. Travis Etienne's been on the radar for a while, making big plays in that conference. Candace Cooper breaking it down. Travis Etienne. What's going on, everybody? Candace Cooper here from Locked On Tar Heels, and I get to do a little Locked On ACC action, right? Talking about Travis Etienne, who is going to be one of the greatest running backs, arguably, in the history of college football, and now he's going to take his talents to the next level, getting some Alvin Kamara vibes. He's very shifty, very fast, very explosive. We've already heard a lot of conversation and comparisons about people in his draft class, right? Najee Harris is someone who people are thinking, okay, maybe he'll, he's a step above. But Travis Etienne has been so consistent throughout his time in Clemson. And I think he's just a guy who's going to give whatever organization he lands in the business. He's going to give you a full and total and complete back. I look forward to watching him on Sundays, quite frankly, because we are we always have these conversations about running backs and how they're not quite of old and they're not important in somebody's offense but Travis Etienne is someone who makes the game shift right he's going to be fast explosive and he's going to make those big guys miss so Travis Etienne he's going to be one of the best if not the best running back picked out of this class and I look forward to seeing how well he'll do on Sundays more to come on day five of the Ultimate Mock Draft. Next up is the Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock at pick 25. Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans next. Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Dudes podcast, and we saw a couple of offensive playmakers come off the board here recently, and uh, one of them going to the New York Jets here, and they go and get Zach Wilson at quarterback earlier in the draft, and they get him a playmaker in Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver from LSU, a big-bodied guy with good speed, really physical player. And you think about the Jets wanting to replicate a lot of those ingredients from the San Francisco style of offense, and Marshall is that type of physical guy that's good after the catch. He blocks and really can make sure that they have those ingredients around Zach Wilson to really jumpstart his career as the Jets enter this new era of football. And how about this pick at 24 for the Pittsburgh Steelers running back Travis Etienne from the University of Clemson. You know, we've heard reports that they really like Najee Harris. Of course, he came off the board at 18 to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Pittsburgh going next back on the board. The big question for Pittsburgh now, in my eyes, is who's blocking for them? They have so much in flux up front in this Pittsburgh offense with Marquise Pouncey's retirement and some of the other departures in free agency. So Pittsburgh is now going to have to bank on the depth of the offensive line class on day two to help them get day one plug-and-play starters so that they can make the most of Travis Etienne, a dynamic back who should be able to take the predominant workload here in Pittsburgh with the departure of James Conner. Taking a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, what they've done so far, well, they haven't really had any fun. Tony Wiggins sat there at pick one, made the only pick that everybody knew he had to make. Trevor Lawrence, number one overall, get to have some fun now at pick 25. What direction are the Jacksonville Jaguars in the biggest need of in this mock draft now in late round one? Because there are plenty of needs for a team that earned the number one overall pick in the draft. They could obviously go so many directions, <laughs> you know, I mean, they are not short on needs, but the roster is starting to shape up a little bit. Um, I'm going to bring up Tevin Jenkins again, you know, and we'll see if that's the direction they go. I've seen Friar Muth, the second uh, tight end mocked here. That's a little early for me. Maybe this is where the first safety or defensive tackle comes off the board. That would make a lot of sense. Their safety position was terrible last year, so... Again, this is a tough one to predict because they could probably go five different directions. 
Trevon Morig is a good pick here for yeah. Jacksonville. It would make a lot of sense. I think some size on the defensive line, absolutely. There's one thing I know about GM Trent Baalke from his days in San Francisco. He loves length, especially with defensive linemen. Maybe mm. a dark horse for this selection would be someone like Gregory Rousseau with those oh, yeah. super long arms, big hands. Might remind Trent Baalke of maybe one of his best draft picks for a short time, Alden Smith, with that length. And I think he could see some of that in him. So that's probably my dark horse pick here for Jacksonville. He liked to draft in players with length and torn ACLs. So uh, we'll see if that's the direction <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars go. With the selection at 25, the pick is in. Tony Wiggins, take it away. Hi, it's Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguars. I tried to move up from the 25th pick to the 23rd pick to get in front of the Pittsburgh Steelers to take Travis ATN, Trevor Lawrence's running mate up at Clemson, but the Jets didn't want to do business with me. So I'm sitting at 25, so I'm going to take Jalen Phillips, the pass rusher from the University of Miami. This is not a consolation pick. This is a chance to get the best pass rusher in the draft. We got the best quarterback in the draft. Now we got the best pass rusher in the draft. He's going to provide competition for Caleb Von Chason, who was the number one pick of the Jaguars last year at number 25, ironically. He's going to provide competition and depth to see who goes on the opposite side of Josh Allen in the new 3-4 defense run by Joe Culler. This is not a consolation pick at all. This is more talent in the front seven for Jacksonville as they continue to try to find their defensive identity. So we're happy to have Jalen Phillips come aboard to continue to bolster the front seven and the defense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They still have three more picks in the next 20 picks. They'll find more explosiveness on offense to help Trevor Lawrence. But right now, they're going to be monsters on defense for Jacksonville with the addition of Jalen Phillips. It was a defensive end, but it was Jalen Phillips. Matt, who you've talked about, is your number one edge player in this class dynamic coming off the edge only had the one really good season at Miami after problems with concussions in his career transferred and showed no ill signs of any of his injuries last year and if you're just going off one year of tape going off his fantastic workouts Jalen Phillips would absolutely be the top edge in this class maybe even a top 10 pick you know for our exercise we don't really have any team doctors yelling at us or telling us no he'd have been long gone if I were picking in the top 24 so you know, we mentioned, we, pre we prefaced this pick by saying they could go in numerous directions. Why don't just take the best guy out there? I, I get the feeling he's just, look, best player available. What's the biggest yeah. impact, high impact position? Okay, pass rusher. We got our quarterback. They could have absolutely helped their young quarterback with a pass catcher or with an offensive lineman. But uh, defensive end, I think there's a clear top three edge players in this class. And now all three of them are off the board. Jalen Phillips to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 25. Brian Baldinger, not a doctor, but some doctorate-level breakdowns from Brian Baldinger. Let's see what he says about Jacksonville Jaguars selecting Jalen Phillips at 25. Jalen Phillips from the University of Miami, who's a transfer from UCLA where he had injuries and concussion issues. Even thought about not playing football. Sat out 2019, came back this year, and had a big season for the Miami Hurricanes had his, you know, eight sacks and 16 tackle for losses. But he's got, you know, great size. He's over 6'5". He's almost 270 pounds. He's long. He's lean. He looks the part. He's just very inexperienced. Would I be concerned about his past history? Not so much. He was young when those things happened. They haven't, the injuries didn't travel with him. But what I would be concerned about is just his inexperience and how difficult the transition from defensive line, edge pass rusher, from college to the NFL is to begin with. And then when you've really only had one year of experience, it's really difficult. The size of the tackles you can go against, the schemes, uh, I think he's got a lot to learn about rushing the passer. The Jacksonville Jaguars have invested heavily in edge rushers the last two years. Josh Allen in 2019, La Chason last year in 2020. You know, those two guys, had three and a half sacks total last year. So to say that they have solved the issue of how to build a defense and get edge pressure, I wouldn't say is the case. Now, maybe they might unleash a fury this year. They both show talent. But I think, look, Jalen Phillips, could he fit in in Jacksonville? Absolutely. I mean, they need more firepower off the edge than what they have shown, even though that they 
and spent two number one draft picks at that position. I can see them continuing to draft to add depth, competition, this best man win the job, all those kind of things. So Jalen Phillips is going to be a first-round talent. Uh, he's got a long ways to go, though. He's got a lot of developing to do before he can say he's going to be a great pass rusher in the NFL. J.J. Jackson, the host of Locked On ACC, has been watching Jalen Phillips for a short time because he wasn't around Miami for very long, but had a massively impactful season. J.J. Jackson on the pass rusher who is now a Jacksonville Jaguar in the ultimate mock draft. This is J.J. Jackson from Locked On Blue Devils to give you an ACC perspective of Miami Hurricanes edge rusher Jalen Phillips. Phillips, standing six foot five and weighing 260 pounds, is one of the premier pass rushing draft prospects in this year's class. Phillips, who was a top high school recruit in 2017, played his first two seasons of college football for the UCLA Bruins. With his big frame and a very active motor, many NFL teams would love to add Phillips to their defense. Jalen Phillips is someone who can play standing up or with his hand in the dirt defensively, and in 2020, during his lone season with the Miami Hurricanes, Jalen Phillips had 15 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, 45 total tackles, and even intercepted a pass on his way to being named second team All-ACC. A long injury history is the largest concern for Jalen Phillips, who many NFL scouts are comparing to the likes of Cameron Jordan, Montez Sweat, and Max Crosby. Which brings us to the Cleveland Browns. On the clock, pick number 26 in the ultimate mock draft. Jeff Lloyd in the Browns' war room has some decisions to make here. What direction do the Cleveland Browns go? They're a playoff team. They're a pretty good team. They figured out some uh, holes on the defense in free agency. Was that a sign that we kind of know which direction maybe they're headed in the draft map? To me... <laughs> I know they just signed Jadavian Clowney, but if Phillips would have been there, I'd have ran it to the podium and just kept that rotation. And Clowney's only only on a one-year deal. Phillips and Garrett for the long haul would have been really appealing to me. I know for a fact that this organization, you know, they're very analytically driven, doesn't put a lot of stock in investing in linebackers, but I don't see a lot of other holes on the Browns, which is remarkable. I mean, usually this time of the year, the Browns have all kinds of holes. I would be looking at a guy like Zayvon Collins, you know, one of these difference makers, second level players. Zayvon Collins was not only a good run defender as a linebacker, but he's got size and on top of it was a good coverage defender at linebacker. Yeah, that's a rarity. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely a first round linebacker. If you're trying to draft a linebacker in round one, someone that can do a lot for your defense can be on the field on any down and can cover. So uh, I would have no problems with Zayvon Collins or Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa here to the Cleveland Browns. I think they have a need in the secondary at corner and maybe just have a little fun, sort of like what we saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Sit back at 26 and just draft the best player that falls to you there. Right. I mean, they're kind of in that situation. It's pretty enviable. Jeff Lloyd ready to go with the selection at 26 for the Cleveland Browns. This is Jeff Lloyd, host of Locked on Browns, making the 26 overall selection in the Locked on NFL mock draft. The Cleveland Browns at 26 select cornerback Eric Stokes from the University of Georgia. They will add another edge in this draft, but Stokes is a two-and-a-half-year starter, physical in the run, a plus special teamer, scored three touchdowns in his days down in Athens. He can come in and start right away if needed, if Greedy Williams isn't ready, or be part of a deep secondary for defensive coordinator Joe Woods. Okay, definitely one I did not see coming here. Eric Stokes, he ab absolutely has the speed you're looking for in a round one cornerback, but uh, hasn't quite gotten the grades that, that people expect him to go this high. Usually, you know, 10, 20 picks later is where you see him projected. Eric Stokes out of Georgia, 4-2 guy, still has to clean up some other things technique-wise, but if you're looking for a corner to mold and the top four are off the board, I could absolutely see Stokes being the fifth to go off the board here great traits they want to play a lot of man coverage i think he really sets up to do that more than anything get in your grill and press you and run with you down the field not a ringing endorsement for greedy williams you know who's sort of that style you know but um you know adding a corner is never a bad idea our odyssey expert daryl Ryder covers the browns for 92-3 the fan in cleveland 
A lot of draft analysts and experts gave Stokes an early to mid second round draft grade, but he can just flat out play. Stokes is a former track star, and to play in the secondary in the NFL, you got to be athletic, you got to play with instinct, you got to be physical, and you got to cover ground quickly. He can do all that. His speed really showed up at Georgia's Pro Day. He ripped off a 4.2940. Stokes is coming off his best season at Georgia, second team all SEC selection. He shows strong anticipation, is able to jump in those passing lanes. Four interceptions last season, two of those. He was able to return for touchdowns, broke up eight more passes. That led Georgia in 2020. And over the last three seasons, something teams really like to see on film, gave up just three touchdowns. So when you're a team looking for immediate secondary help and a player who possesses all the necessary tools, ball awareness, size, speed, Stokes has it, and that's what makes him an attractive late first-round draft pick. Well, Stokes played inside and outside of Georgia, so that's good news. It gives defensive coordinator Joe Woods a lot of flexibility in how he can use him as a rookie. Cleveland secondary decimated by injuries last season, as we know. I mean, MJ Stewart, Robert Jackson, Kevin Johnson, those guys were starters in the playoffs. All of a sudden now, Cleveland much deeper and more athletic on paper. Denzel Ward, when healthy, we know he's established himself as one of the league's top corners. Greedy Williams expected to be fully recovered from that shoulder nerve injury that sidelined him during training camp, kept him out of the entirety of the 2020 season. Troy Hill signed this offseason as well. He's probably going to handle the slot, but he also can play some outside if asked. Stokes immediately comes a rotational player. Barring significant injuries, he doesn't have to carry the load in the back end of the secondary so he has time to do a little on-the-job training, refinement, development as a rookie, while also gaining some experience. Now, you look at the secondary with Stokes added to the mix. As we mentioned, it's deeper, athletic. It now boasts guys who are capable of making those big, game-changing plays. That's something the Browns didn't have a lot of on the back end of the defense at the end of last season. You know what that means, Matt? We get to hear from Clint Shamblin one more time, the host of Locked On Bulldogs, another Georgia Bulldog off the board here in Eric Stokes in round one. This is Clint from Locked On Bulldogs on the Locked On Podcast Network with your draft preview of one Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes is rocketing up draft boards right now, thanks in part to his clocked 4-2-40. Now, Eric Stokes has a slender frame, he has the height, he has the speed. And in this day and age of the NFL, what you're looking for is you're looking for that ceiling. You're looking for potential. And that's exactly what Eric Stokes gives you. He did not perform the best against elite receivers while he was at UGA. We like somebody like Tyson Campbell, who has what we believe a set of skills that are going to translate to the NFL very well. But make no mistake, Eric Stokes is all about potential, all about getting into that room and having NFL coaches look at the raw ability and saying, we can work with this. That's what's going to propel Eric Stokes in this year's draft. He's going to go higher than he should. Look at production at UGA, it's not there. Numbers may suggest otherwise, but when you get against elite receivers, we question it. We hope he has an excellent career, but this is purely speculative based upon speed and size combo in today's NFL. And who can blame you? You need more DBs as the likes of all the quarterbacks and receivers keep on throwing it and pitching it around the yard. So somebody's going to take a gamble on him thinking they can craft him into a shutdown corner, and we're excited to see it. Finishing up day five of the Ultimate Mock Draft when we come back with pick 27. The Baltimore Ravens are on the clock. Then it's 28 and the New Orleans Saints. Which direction will they go? We'll find out next. Hey everybody, Trevor and Ben here from Locked on NFL Draft. Recapping the last two picks that we just heard. Jacksonville Jaguars going with pass rusher Jalen Phillips. And then the Cleveland Browns getting cornerback Eric Stokes. Ben, I'll start with you. Jalen Phillips, very talented pass rusher. Both of our edge rusher number one in this draft. Going all the way down to 25 for Jacksonville. What do you think about this one? It's interesting. Jacksonville has spent now three consecutive first-round picks on the edge. You had Josh Allen two years ago to Kentucky, Caleb on Chase, and last year at LSU. And here's Jalen Phillips. This is a, I think, probably a best player available approach uh, where you're looking at a super talented edge with some medical concerns, uh, uh, an early retirement out of UCLA. So he falls a little bit. We want to get aggressive and go after that position. I'm curious how they can get Phillips, Allen, and, and Chase and all on the field at the same time. Given the profiles, I'm imagining Phillips going to play a little sub-package interior rusher. Sure. Yeah, and then when you talk about Cleveland, I mean, this is a team that's 
man, their roster is pretty stacked. You look at it top to bottom and they don't have a lot of holes. One of the big issues that they might have is in their corner two situation. And knowing that Denzel Ward hasn't exactly been fully healthy to play a full 16 game season for them. And so getting Eric Stokes, I think that's really important because right now you could be okay with Denzel Ward with him as your CB1. But if he ever goes down, all of a sudden that secondary, the cornerback at least, we love the safeties, that secondary becomes pretty vulnerable. And if you're a team in Cleveland, you're making a playoff run. You've got your winning window open. You got to make sure your secondary is stout. We've seen teams load up on offensive weapons all across the NFL. Got to have the guys to cover them. So those are picks number 25 and 26. 27 Baltimore Ravens coming up next. What do you get the team that has everything, Matt? The Baltimore Ravens are pretty darn stocked across the board here. Could they have some fun with this selection? Are they tied into wide receiver? They tried to do some work in free agency at wide receiver. Long term, I'm not sure they really have that target hog guy there for their young superstar quarterback, but maybe that player's not here for them in the draft either. The Ravens are more, I mean, every team says it, but they, they actually practice it, that they usually do take the best player available as long as it makes sense positionally. That being said, I think Marshall or Bateman would have been an easy choice here. They're both gone. Uh, they need edge help. You know, the, you lose Ndokwe and Judon. You need to fortify that position. But I don't think Rousseau's really a fit. Uh, maybe Owe would be a really good fit there. I was mm. actually recently on Baltimore Radio saying that might be a perfect fit for him. Bring him along slow, coach him up. And I got to say it again, Tevin Jenkins, you know, if Orlando Brown wants out of town, you need a right tackle or you only have him for one more year. You put Jenkins a guard. I think Jenkins fits his style perfectly with the much they run the ball. Absolutely. Jenkins would be perfect here. Will he finally come off the board at pick 27? And you're right. I think they did get a couple of players sniped. Terrace Marshall would have made a ton of sense. Rashad Bateman, all of these players off the board in the 20s. Aziz Ojalari would have been a nice fit in that Baltimore defense coming off the edge as well. But none of them are available. So let's find out who Kevin Ostriker, the host of Locked On Ravens, will select of those players who are available at pick 27 in the ultimate mock draft. This is Kevin Ostriker of the Locked On Ravens podcast, and with the 27th pick in the 2021 Locked On NFL Mock Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Now, after many potential Ravens targets go off the board, I went with the best player available in Owusu-Koromoa. He's listed as a linebacker, but can play safety and even slot cornerback as well. And in a league where a positionless defense is becoming more and more of a thing, and Ravens defensive coordinator Don Martindale loves his positionless defensive players where he can move guys all around the field, Owusu Koromoa can provide a number of roles to this Baltimore defense and make them even better as a unit. For more draft analysis on the Ravens, be sure to follow the Locked On Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. J-O-K, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa has now been selected the do-it-all linebacker. He can rush the passer. He can defend the run. He can defend the pass. Is he a safety? Is he a linebacker? Is he an edge safety? As we're seeing now is the rage all around the NFL. I love it. Positionless football. you got to cover so many different people on the offensive side of the ball, and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa can do it. I mentioned this team takes best available. I mean, that sort of is where that fits. I'm really shocked that a player in today's NFL with with this guy's skill set would fall to 27. There's not a lot of obvious fits for him, but, man, he's a, a dynamic, dynamic defender. Um, I didn't see it coming, to be honest with you, but I get it. You know, they, they took Patrick Queen really early last year. Yeah, that's right. They did take a linebacker very high last year. Different player, though, and Jeremiah mm-hmm. Usukonro is different than everybody. You can, Almost every team could draft him because nobody has a player exactly like him. Maybe the Seahawks have somebody close to him and Jamal Adams. I would say that's the nearest comp to what Jeremiah Usukonro could do for a defense here. Very interesting player, and he's small for a linebacker, But the thing is, when you see him and at his pro day, he's got his shirt off working out. And you're like, this guy, I dare you go up to his face and tell him he's small. This guy's a monster. Like, he is a freak of nature. So I love this pick. Unbelievably explosive. Could be used in a lot of ways. They're a very blitz-heavy defense. I'm sure they'd bring him in that regard a lot, too. What about this one? Jason Locke and Fora standing by to talk about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the latest selection for the Baltimore Ravens at pick 27 in the ultimate mock draft. At this point, I don't know whether you get caught up in a designation of linebacker or safety. He's a defensive weapon 
who his coordinator will have to find a way to tap into the ability to be a wild card in the blitz, the ability to disrupt at the line of scrimmage playing man coverage, the ability to make plays on the ball downfield, whether he's defending a running back or a tight end or a wide receiver. We've seen people like Tyron Matthew, when they're in the right hands, be an absolute difference maker. We obviously saw last year in Arizona uh, with Simmons, it was kind of hit or miss, and they still seem to be trying to figure out exactly what he is. What this guy does is make plays. You need to put him in positions within your scheme to do that, tap into his explosiveness, tap into his versatility. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call him or what number he has on his back. It's how many times per game does he have a chance to influence the football. I'll tell you this much. There'd be some people in that Ravens war room who would be doing backflips if Jeremiah was available in this spot. They would view him, I believe, very much like a Derwin James. He's someone they thought about taking when he was available. A jack-of-all-trades Swiss Army knife who, for Baltimore in particular, could really excel in coverage against tight ends and big receivers. It's something they've struggled with. They took Patrick Queen a year ago, late in the first round, to anchor their linebacking core. Running with receivers and running backs and tight ends wasn't his strong point. They need someone to make impact at the free safety spot, also be able to slot defend. He would check all of those boxes. I don't think he's going to be there when it's all said and done, but Baltimore has a pedigree of taking Notre Dame players it's a program they're very comfortable with boy i just don't think this player will be there for him but in this scenario they'd be doing high fives some serious acc flavor to the first round of this ultimate mock matt aj black now here with us to tell us about jeremiah awusu koromoa and what kind of player he was at the college level and what he could be in the nfl this is aj black of locked on boston college here to talk about Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Awosu Karamoa. A redshirt junior, Karamoa was one of the best linebackers in the country over this past season. He's explosive. He makes big plays. He's instinctive. He quickly locates the ball and he sells out to make those plays. He's effective in pass or run coverage, but there's still some concerns about what he could do. Uh, he's a bit of a smaller linebacker. He doesn't have the typical build of an NFL linebacker. And He's going to need to find a team that matches his skill set. However, if he puts on a little weight, not taking away from his speed, Awosu Karamoa could be one of the best linebackers in this upcoming class and could be a name that we talk about for years to come. Our good friend Ross Jackson is ready to go to make a pick for the New Orleans Saints at 28 to finish up day five of the ultimate mock draft. Ross Jackson to pull the curtain back a little bit, has been doing a ton of fantastic work behind the scenes on this Ultimate Mock Draft as well, so I want to shout him out for all of his hard work there, pulling all of this together, and now he gets to have a little fun and make a selection for the New Orleans Saints. Matt, what should they be doing here at 28? Yeah, if Ross wasn't busy enough, now he has to run an organization too, <laughs> you know I mean? One that's a little cash-strapped and high expectations, Hall of Fame quarterback leaving, Ross does it all. I often mock a receiver here. You know, Kadarius Tony's been the guy I often mock. I actually like Elijah Moore better than Tony now. And I just think of what Peyton could do with those type of guys. I think a third weapon in this offense is really needed. It's a great line. Kamara and Thomas are awesome, but one more guy would go a long way. But there's also those good linebackers. You know, Jamin Davis. We brought up Zayvon Collins a bunch. I'm not sure there's a corner I would go with. Uh, I, I think I would take the receiver. All along, I thought one of those quarterbacks, I thought this was going to be Mac Jones territory a few months ago. That's clearly not going to happen now. So I think you have to help out maybe your quarterbacks you do have and let Sean Payton have some fun with another weapon on the offensive side of the ball. One of those guys, Kadarius Tony or Elijah Moore, do make a lot of sense here. Maybe even the Purdue guy. Go with the 5'7 wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Have some gadget fun. Why not? You know, uh, I could see that absolutely being the direction the New Orleans Saints go. But let's find out because the pick is in. Ross Jackson, locked on Saints, ready to make the selection at pick 28. What is good, everybody? Ross Jackson here, host of Locked on Saints. And with the 28th selection of our mock draft, the New Orleans Saints select 
Zavin Collins, the linebacker out of Tulsa. The New Orleans Saints, usually noted as an offensive team, have been able to hang some laurels over on the defensive side of the ball over the last few years, but now that defense has taken some hits at all three levels on the defensive line, linebacker, and in the secondary. And with all the top corners already off the board, linebacker was the easy choice, and so was a six foot four, 260-pound, versatile chess piece like Zavin Collins. That was an easy choice, too. So you look at his ability to be able to play in coverage, Absolutely. He's got you there. You want him to defend the run? Sure. No problem. You want him to rush the passer? Yeah, he could do that too. He's a linebacker that can cover, that can play against the run, and that has pass rusher length and pass rushing moves. He's an incredible chess piece that the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton, defensive coordinator Dennis Allen would be able to use to their heart's content because they love their versatility and especially when you get to line it up next to a supreme talent like Demario Davis. Going defense here, and is the do-it-all linebacker Zaven Collins to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, uh, now that I think about it, I like this pick, Matt, and, and you kind of talked about it there before Ross made the pick. Uh, Zaven Collins is a monster of a player and fits a need on that Saints defense. It does. You get younger there on the second level, pair him with Demario Davis, who's one of the better and underrated linebackers in the league already. I like it. I mean, I think Zayvon Collins is probably a top 25 pick. I, I think he has special traits. I mean, few guys like him are able to match up with tight ends and not lose a lot in the height department, and they can come off the edge and blitz. So there's a lot of teams that could have taken Collins, and I would have had no problem with it whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's the key, what he can do at his size, because there's not very many big linebackers left in the NFL, and there's a reason, because they don't have the movement skills and can't cover, but Zayvon Collins can, so you're getting somewhat of a unicorn here, potentially, at pick 28. Ross Tucker is here to tell us about Zayvon Collins and his fit on that New Orleans Saints defense. Man, I watched some Tulsa games this past year, studying for some of the other games I was broadcasting. Zayvon Collins is an absolute monster. There just aren't many guys like him. Six four and a half, two hundred and sixty pounds, but still athletic enough to be able to make plays in space. I mean, every game you watched, he wasn't just doing it against the run. I mean, he was making plays in coverage in the passing game. Then he'd turn right around, and he would be able to rush the passer and get pressure on the quarterback. Kind of reminds me physically of guys like Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, Leighton Vander Esch from the Dallas Cowboys. You get a guy that's 6'5", 260, and can make, split, make plays in space and run, you got something to work with there. Love Zayvon Collins' skill set as a player. Really like the Saints taking Zayvon Collins. I guess the question is, how will they use him? You know, we know that they've got Demario Davis back, but, you know, Alex Anzalone is no longer there. Uh, they've had other guys that they moved on from. Craig Robertson is still a free agent. I, I envision Zayvon Collins being an off-the-ball linebacker on first and second down next to Demario Davis. And then in obvious passing downs, they might put his hand in the dirt. They, they might have him rush off the edge, right? You could have Cameron Jordan give him a blow, or he could rush inside. Davenport, same thing. And, you know, remember, they don't have, you know, Trey Henderson anymore, so they need to have a guy like Zayvon Collins, have one more rusher in the group. And I think if they got Zayvon Collins, he would be able to be added to the mix, in, including the other stuff he does off the ball as a backer. I know Trevor Sikama of Locked On NFL Draft is a fan of Zayvon Collins. He's got the scouting report on the athletic big linebacker who now gets to roam the middle of the field, or will he be coming off the edge in New Orleans? Hey, everybody. Trevor Sikama here from Locked On NFL Draft. Let's talk about linebacker Zayvon Collins. Now, when you look at his measurables, 6'4", 260 pounds, this guy's an edge rusher, right? He's just going to be attacking the line of scrimmage. No. I mean, he could do that well. Of course, he's got the size to hold up, but He's so great in coverage, too. He has a feel for spacing. He's got the athleticism to move side to side. He's a do-it-all linebacker. He can play so many different spots. I'd love him in basically any kind of defense. This dude, whatever you're changing your defense to, wherever you need him to play, he could do it for you because he's got the brains as well as the brawn to be able to play a linebacker position that's very versatile in today's NFL. Zayvon Collins, 
He's an ideal linebacker. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, the Draft Dudes podcast. Got a couple of linebackers off the board here at 27 and 28. We think about positional value. We saw Micah Parsons slide a little bit. And now you get another one here to Baltimore 27 with Notre Dame's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. You think about what Baltimore typically carries in the front seven. They're known for big physical play. Owusu-Koromoa is a little bit more of an undersized hybrid, pseudo-safety type at times with how much he plays out in the hashes and coverage. Uh, so I think this is going to be an evolving work in progress for Baltimore to find the right places to put him. But given how aggressive they are in, as a blitz defense, Owusu-Koromoa and his versatility should eventually find himself an impact role. Another linebacker off the board, number 28 to the New Orleans Saints, going with Zaven Collins from Tulsa. Really interesting pick to me because they just picked a very similar player last year in Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Obviously, Demario Davis is that Mike linebacker. And so I think the plan here is probably to use Collins as more of a pass rusher, as an edge player at 260 pounds. When they go sub packages, we know Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a big piece of that. And so this might be a plan here to replace some of the pass rush that they lost from Trey Hendrickson. Okay, five episodes down now, Matt. We are down to the last few picks of round one coming up tomorrow. The Green Bay Packers at pick 29 are officially on the clock. Peter Bukowski ready to make the selection there. Buffalo, Kansas City, Tampa to finish up the first round. And then we'll hear from the Indianapolis Colts, Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Rams, and Houston Texans and their first selections in the draft if one of those teams doesn't trade up into the tail end of round one, Matt. But so far from day five here, those six picks we saw from 23 to 28, who are the winners and losers of day five? These last two picks stand out to me. Just smart organizations in New Orleans and Baltimore, perennial playoff teams, you know, a lot of wins under the, the belt of these two head coaches. And they allow two very different looking, but two highly versatile, explosive linebackers to fall in their lap. And they just say, thank you. We'll take them. You know, the Saints and Ravens already had good defenses and now they got even better on that side of the ball. Yeah, I get the vibe that these are veteran front offices that sit back on yeah. draft day and it's not too big for them. And they say, OK, let's see how the board falls. Well, here's the top guy left. Let's turn in the card. Yeah, if you're going to give me a really good player that we have ranked as the 18th best prospect at the 28th pick, well, then we'll take him. Thank you. How about this one? You talk about positional value. You might have gotten the best quarterback and the best pass rusher in this draft if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think you did. Yeah, that, that's very well said. I mean, uh, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think the pass rusher was a monster need for them, but I think they were really smart to say, just give me the best guy on the board. And they aren't perennial playoff teams like Baltimore and New Orleans, but handled it very well. Fantastic stuff. Thanks to all the analysts involved in the Ultimate Mock Draft. And we will finish it up. Day 6 Mock Draft Finale 2021.